Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? I feel like I'm on the set of Rain of Fire. <laughs> Just a lot of heat and not all of it is like Matthew McConaughey like trying to get dragons. Like, no, it's like ash falling around you. Oh, yeah. Fucking dirty. Yeah, the hills are on fire by my house right now as we're recording. So um, like we had an open house for my kid. Uh, her school and they they have like this whole thing where you get to play out on the playground and they they emailed everybody and made sure to change it so that it was shorter because they didn't want kids playing on the playground because of the the air quality so that's what we're living with right now yeah you can go out and cut the smoke with a knife hey uh i wanted to bounce something off you we might as well just do it on the air uh on Halloween night is a Tuesday. Are you still going to be able to podcast on Halloween, you think? <sighs> I'll have to put a pin in that one. Okay. So I was thinking if you can make it, we might do a, We might start Facebook Live on Halloween and do a, a themed episode, but we'll see. Maybe we'll do it a week before and then uh, push it back after that or something, but... I'm thinking we'll start we'll start with like some sort of Halloween theme episode. So when we go back to Facebook Live, but we'll let you know as as we know better. Okay, so got a, got a few things to talk about today. I went and saw Logan Lucky. Oh yeah, the other night. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was like Steven Soderbergh's new movie. Um, he's making movies again. He retired and I guess unretired from making movies. So. <laughs> Now that he's not doing any shows. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Like Steven Soderbergh is really good at like jumping into different genres and, and making a good movie for that genre. But he's done this already with the Oceans movies. But this one's different in that it takes place in the South. Yeah, it's, I've heard I've read it's like a hillbillies version of Oceans 11. So... I, I do think that's kind of unfair the way they put it because it would be easy to say like it's a bunch of hillbillies, but it's really but not. It, yeah, and that's kind of an article I was reading about it was kind of pointing at that. It was like it's kind of framed that way, but there's definitely more going on to it than that. Yeah, um, like I would say it's like I would compare it to like the Coen brothers, right? Like the Coen brothers will make a movie like Fargo's a good example um, you know, like it would have been really easy to make fun of Minnesotans from the way they talk and all those things. And if you just look at clips, you're like, yeah, that's what they're doing. But if you actually watch the movie, they're not like there's, there's really smart people. And then like, there's people of every stripe as you would have in, in any movie. It's just, they're able to capture, you know, the way that people act in that region. And I would say this is akin to that. Um, it's, it's, it's not like everybody's like a dumb redneck or anything like that. Like there are 
too dumb rednecks in the movie, but they're definitely dumb and they're dumber than everybody else in the movie. All of whom are Southern people, except for one FBI agent, I think. Um, and there's like a guy from Spain or something like there's a formula one racer who's European. But other than that, it's a lot of, uh, um, people from the South and it's done really well. Like I didn't know Channing Tatum could really act. And it was a pleasant surprise because he's the main character of this movie. And it took me a little bit before I even realized it was Channing Tatum. Like he just, he was able to pull it off in a believable manner. Like he's, he's basically like a blue collar guy who's working on some tunnels and he gets fired because he has a a limp that he was hiding. And so he gets fired because it's a pre-existing condition. And so they're concerned that it'll affect the company somehow. And that sort of rolls it into the whole plan where they, they go to rip off this racetrack and, uh, he just, he does a really good job and he's really smart and like, he's got a plan together and it's really funny because, uh, his brother is played by, um, uh, Kylo Ren, <laughs> Adam driver, uh, who's missing an arm cause he fought in Iraq and there's this really funny part where like, and it's towards the beginning, but his brother wakes up in the morning and walks out to the kitchen while Channing Tatum's making some breakfast and looks, and there's like this handwritten list of like all this stuff to do in a heist, like a to-do list for this <laughs> heist. And he's like, well, I saw your list, so I figured I might as well hear you out. <laughs> It's great. Like the MVP of this movie though is Daniel Craig. He is so fucking funny in this movie. And I kind of forgot what a great actor Daniel Craig is because I've been used to seeing him play Bond lately. And, and you know, just like the action type role, but he's different. This he's, he's a safe cracker, but he's, even though he's big and everything and he could be like, you know, like a red meat kind of portrayal. He's not, he's just a weird dude. I mean, like it says it all in that trailer where he's like taking off his shirt and he's like, no peeking. And then the girl like rolls her eyes. She like looks at him for a second and rolls her eyes. And he goes, I said no peeking, (laughs) (laughs) but it's really funny. Like he manages to pull off this character, uh, who's like eccentric but also a smart person. Um, what I like about the movie is it doesn't fall into any stereotypes. It just like, it really, it really like has this collection of people that kind of pull together this heist. And it's a really smart heist when you see all the pieces come together and it's got an ambiguous ending that I won't spoil, but I love ambiguous endings. So, uh, you don't get to see them enough. Kind of like the mist. Like we always used to talk about the, the book, the mist, not the movie the movie is not ambiguous at all at the end it's just tragic yeah but like the uh the book like had an ambiguous ending and this was definitely an ambiguous ending which i really dug too and and you know you're not going to get another one of these movies so um i i like the way that they do it but everybody brought their a games in this movie it was real good so i was just watching uh on youtube it was i think it was a looper list of uh horror movies and they were talking about the mist and because uh frank darabont the writer of 
the Walking Dead show. Yeah, he was showrunner. The, the original showrunner, yeah. yeah. Uh, wrote the movie ending to that, and Steven Spielberg, or not Spielberg, uh, Stephen King actually was, wish he had written the, that as his ending to the book. Instead, yeah. Instead of the his ambiguous ending, but I kind of like his ending better. Which one, Frank Darabont's or Stephen King's? Stephen King's. So I like them both for their own reasons, but I gotta say, like that Frank Darabont ending is like one of the like it like rips your heart out at the end of that movie a little bit. And uh, I don't, I'd like I like that that ending exists too. Um, it was definitely made in response to nine eleven because there was so much fear going around, and so that movie has this theme of fear that. I don't know if it's really present in the mist, like the the novella, but it's definitely in the movie. Like every time somebody does something out of fear, they get punished for it in that movie, leading to like the really gut wrenching scene at the end. Yeah. Um. So I, I, yeah, I don't know. I I see where Stephen King goes, but I did like how ambiguous the ending was too. I like them both. I don't want to pick one over the other. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Like, uh, the book ending definitely, like, like made us think for years, and we used to talk about it, but, like, that other ending for the movie, like, has given me something to talk about for years, too, so it's one of those cases where it, it basically, it, like, Stephen King ends it where, like, they escape this grocery store, and then they just, they don't know what's gonna happen from there, like, they know there's a radio station that cut off in one direction, so they're going to drive in that direction. That's pretty much the end of the story. Uh, the movie does not end that way. It goes another day later, I think, after they leave the store. And I I don't want to spoil it, but it just fucking rips your heart out, dude. Frank Darabont's good at like making me cry at the end of movies. He also did the Shawshank yeah. Redemption. So, uh, man, that's like happy tears. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but let's uh transition away from that um so this guy ed screen i guess he was in deadpool 2 or uh, not deadpool 2 but deadpool. deadpool yeah he plays uh the main villain in the character in the show yeah the movie i guess so he stepped down from playing major ben damo in hellboy i might have said that name wrong and i apologize if i did but i just don't know how to pronounce it uh he said so this is a statement he put up on Twitter. Last week it was announced that I'd be playing Major Ben Damo in the upcoming Hellboy reboot. I accepted the role unaware that the character in the original comics was of mixed Asian heritage. There has been intense conversation and understandable upset since that announcement, and I must do what I feel is right. It is clear that representing this character in a culturally accurate way holds significance for people and that to neglect this responsibility would continue a worrying tendency to obscure ethnic minority stories and voice in the arts. I feel it's important to honor and respect that. Uh, There I have decided to... I must be therefore, he meant to say. Therefore, I have decided to step down so the role can be cast appropriately. Representation of ethnic diversity is important, especially to me as I have a mixed heritage family. It is important um, to heed our responsibility to make more decisions in difficult times and to give a voice to inclusivity. 
It is my hope that one day these discussions will become less necessary and that we can help make equal representation, the arts and uh, a reality. I'm sad to leave Hellboy, but if this decision brings us closer that day, it's worth it. I hope it makes a difference. So that's a fucking class move because good on you. <laughs> yeah. Hellboy is probably going to make some money and definitely could get his name out there. And uh, the fact that he stepped down and actually said that, like, that's not an easy, like, a lot of people are like, well, he stepped down, big deal. Like, that is a big deal for an actor like him. Like, he's not an A-lister, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he could actually have studios be pissed about this, you know? Because clearly they just keep making the same wrong decision over and over again. Yeah, the whitewash. Yeah, the whitewash, yeah. And uh, it doesn't seem to be anything that they're trying to quell. And so I think I think it's it's ballsy of him to do that, but it's also the right decision. And I wish that more people in Hollywood would step up and do that. I just like I'm I was fucking proud to read that. It's it's nice in the wake of Charlottesville to hear somebody actually making a good decision, you know? Yeah. But um anyway, so I I was a fan of that. I hope that the producers do the right thing and actually like find an Asian actor. Who yeah, I hope they're, they're just like, Oh, you, this guy didn't want it, so then it's the next white guy down the line. Like I hope they don't go that route. Yeah. Well and it's like um I can't remember the guy's name, but he was on the daily show and, uh, he was, I think he's Pakistani and he has like tons of roles in all these movies before he started on the daily show. And it was like, it was always playing like a cab driver playing all these other people. And he'd be playing like all of these Arabic minorities all the time. And he's always a terrorist and stuff. Cause it was the only roles he could get, but it was just because he was Brown like that's what he said. It's yeah. just straight up because I'm brown, so they didn't care what nationality I was. Like they were just like, let's just throw you into that role, and uh, you know it's easy to like henpeck roles for for minority actors, and then just straight up not give them roles when they have an actual real role in a movie. Then they like cast a white guy, just pretend like he's not, you know, or change the the writings to to fit the to fit him into that box and it's just like that shit is stupid and it needs to stop yeah like just read yeah anyway we get white guys in movies a lot <laughs> like we yeah, get I'm not, and we've talked about this quite a bit i mean we talked i mean dr strange was one with the ancient one uh Kubo and the Two Strings. I mean, it was an animated movie, but all the voice actors were white. Yeah. Playing in an Asian movie. I mean, it just... I'm glad that somebody's, like, stopping this. Or at least, like, you know, bringing up, you know, putting... I mean, doing something real that will at least get people talking about it. Like, and make the... Make the studios at least think twice about their decision if they if they decide to whitewash and hire another white actor or, you know, really take a good look and pick a, you know, a strong Asian character. Yeah, it's not like it's not like those actors aren't out there. They're just not hiring them. You know, they're they're not taking a look. And uh, I hope the producers make the right decision. I feel like because this story is starting to blow up they might make the right decision now because 
it's bad enough to make that decision once, but if you make that decision twice... Yeah, it doesn't look good. <laughs> it doesn't look good at all. And I'll tell you one one thing right now. They cast another white dude and I'm not watching it. Like, just straight up. Like, you got a mulligan. You better take your mulligan and actually, like, like find a talented Asian actor. That should not be a difficult thing. It's not thing. hard. Yeah. But... <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> Hollywood doesn't always do the right thing. In fact, they often don't. So <laughs> There's billions of Asian people in this world. You can find one. Yeah. I promise. There is literally <laughs> billions of Asian people in the world. <laughs> China has over a billion. And a lot of them have immigrated from there, too. There's some of them living right here in this country. <laughs> But let's let's actually focus more on Japanese. <laughs> I think that's a little more important. All right. There's millions of Japanese descendants in this country. We can find one. I, I'm sure of it. Yeah. If you're looking for a name, <clears throat> Keanu Reeves is actually part Japanese. Just saying, like, he's not my favorite. Now, I said talented, so I don't know if I would go with Keanu Reeves, but... <laughs> He is part Japanese, so it's not like it's impossible to find that. But um, anyway, (laughs) I got some real, real bad news. Um, A Joker and Harley Quinn movie has been put into the works. Uh, It will be part of the DCEU and be made after Suicide Squad 2. It's unknown if Gotham City Sirens will still be made. But this is definitely going to be a Jared Leto joint. I think they like made it a point to put out that info and let people know after people started getting excited about having a Joker who didn't look like he spent some time with the ICP as you put last <laughs> week that an actor who wasn't down with the clown <laughs> so, I'm bummed out that Gotham City Sirens isn't being made yeah um that sounded like a cool idea like three female leads hell yeah uh I guess that's why it's not getting made because <laughs> they're like hey we got Wonder Woman 2 in the works we're totally fine right like Good job, DC. Yeah, great job, DC. Great job. <laughs> Fuck, dude. So, like I said, Hollywood doesn't always make the right decisions. Um, speaking of the DCU, let's give him another black eye here. Is there any of the other like major companies that are doing comic book movies who have come up with two worse villains than their version of Lex Luthor and and uh, the Joker, like the the current? incarnations of them they're pretty bad yeah i can't think of anybody who's done or who's doing worse right now like marvel's villains tend to be unnotable a lot of them but unnotable is better than fucking terrible yeah and these are two guys that are are playing like you know iconic villains and just fucking knocking it in the park like swinging a miss i don't know how to, not even getting up to the batting cage like i don't know spraying a hammy on the way up to the <laughs> <laughs> spraying a hammy on their way out to the car is what they're doing <laughs> they're fucking terrible man they, they're the worst and that was like uh. one and two like you had man of steel which had like a terrible portrayal of zod which we might be talking about if not mm. for the fact that like right on its heels you have like Lex Luthor who I consider that version of Lex to be like 
the worst of any movie villain um like in a comic book movie that i've seen like there it's it was that really bad. bad it was so off of lex luther like so off of it and then like jared leto's joker it, it was interesting because i had a conversation with eli we were trying to figure out which one was worse out of the two <clears throat> and i think what we settled on is they're both just as bad but the difference is like the acting and the character is like the absolute worst with Lex Luthor. So I put more weight to that, but like the fucking weight, like the costume design and everything and like the Joker is like the worst that's ever been too. And his portrayal is not great either. So it's just like, and Lex Luthor doesn't look like Lex Luthor. So at the end of the day, like it's almost a wash. I give the edge to Lex Luthor, but that's just my own personal taste. Like, <laughs> They're both bad. I feel like Lex Luthor is a whole nother level deep of shittiness compared to uh, the Joker. Why, why would you say that? Like, uh, you know, I'm just saying, like, support your answer. I you agree know, with you, but <laughs> you know, it's. I mean, it's the Joker's. I mean, it's bad, and you know. I think he's kind of got part of the the psychotic part right, but his look was really bad and his acting was bad. See, I would say that that's part of the problem, though, because you said, like, the psychotic part. But, like, Lex Luthor has never been psychotic before. But, no, and, and that, that, that was all just Joker. Oh, you're talking about the Joker? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> See, it works for both of them. Now, see, the Lex Luthor thing, the entire interpretation of the character is wrong. Just flat up wrong. Like, if you had, if you didn't say that this was Lex Luthor, I wouldn't have got it. Why? Because he's a little tiny guy with really long hair and a high-pitched voice? Yeah. And <laughs> kind of crazy. Like, and that is... Nothing about that is Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor is generally portrayed as a pretty good-sized person. Like, he's the one that, like, could stand up in front of a crowd and people would recognize him. Like, he just got a... really charismatic, right? Yeah. Really charismatic, like... And I think that's kind of what always worked really good between him and Superman is because Lex Luthor in a level is really likable. I mean, people can, I mean, there's a reason in the comics he ended up president. I mean, cause people did end up following him. And George W. Bush was president at the time. It <laughs> <laughs> can't be overlooked. dude. That was also around the time Marvel comics decided that like the green goblin was basically going to run the country for a while. <laughs> so, so, I mean, and then you see Jesse Eisenberg and you're like, I wouldn't do shit for this guy. Like, and I don't see anybody that would. I don't, you don't understand how he could be like a really followable character. So, I mean, that alone is just completely apart from what that character should be. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of that is Zack Snyder's fault because oh, it's definitely the writing of that. Like <laughs> I is, remember, I remember reading this article where he was talking about, um, or uh, uh, Jesse Eisenberg was talking about being cast as Lex Luthor, and he went in and he was like, "This is just a lark. Like I'm nothing like Lex Luthor. There's no way they're going to cast me." 
and Zack Snyder hired him and said, I'm hiring you because nobody's ever going to see this coming. Like they're never going to see you as Lex Luthor. And he thought that this would be a great thing. But I would say like, that's the problem with his, with his movies. Like he did a good job casting Superman. I got to say like Henry Cavill actually like a great casting. I, I don't have any fault with that. Yeah. That, that was fine. And Batman was great, but in terms of his villains, I mean, Zod was, there's like a certain level of cornball that you have to hit with Zod. Yeah. Um, Michael Shannon can definitely be evil. And like, this isn't to like play he's off evil of Michael and Shannon. He's can definitely be an intimidating person. But like the thing with Zod is he's also like, he's a fucking batshit crazy general and you can't get past that. You know what I mean? Like he's a batshit crazy general. So it's almost like if you were to do like a Luther style portrayal of him, I could, I could stomach that easier than I could stomach <laughs> like Michael Shannon's version of him. And then, so, so you got that. And then like Lex Luther is just like, he reminds me like he's doing a leprechaun rather than like, Lex Luthor, you know, he just runs around and like shakes his hands and he's like, you know, like, I'm, the leper- I'm, I'm Lex Luthor, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's fucking weird. And then like, well, I guess the Joker isn't really his fault, right? Like that was David Ayer's fault. But, um, but then like he went further, like when he's writing, when he's writing Batman, it's just like, let's, let's throw a gun in Batman's hand and have him kill like 20 or 30 people in the movie. Like that's not Batman. You could get away with that shit in the Tim Burton days. Because like, if you go back and watch original Batman, stop looking at this with, with like rose colored glasses, actually rewatch it. If you're going to come to Biggs and argue that that Tim Burton's Batman is a good movie, because it's not. If you watch it now, it just doesn't hold up. It was great at the time. It's terrible now. Like, it doesn't hold up even a little. Everything comes off as so corny. They were trying to go the exact opposite way of Batman and, uh, like, the, the 66 Batman, which worked at the time. But when you watch it now, at least the 66 Batman was, like, played for laughs. Like, this shit is, like, corny as fuck. And, like, they're not playing it for laughs. They were trying to be super serial when they did it, you know? And it just doesn't work. And, uh... It, it, and he didn't seem to really understand Superman's motivations either. And so it's just like he completely misunderstood every character he was writing in Batman v Superman. I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> speaking of the Justice League, a- apparently they're going to give a writing credit to um, uh, Joss Whedon for Justice League. So <laughs> you can kind of tell shit's getting changed pretty rapidly. They're still trying to say it's like Zack Snyder's vision, but I mean, if he's getting a co-writing credit, that means he like rewrote quite a bit of the yeah. story. <laughs> so I'm wondering if that director credit's coming. It might be coming, dude. <laughs> it might be coming. So I wouldn't rule it out. So I was just reading the, or I was on the internets the other day and they officially announced a release date and trailer for Super Troopers 2. Yeah, I saw that too. What'd you think? Uh, I'm totally watching that. <laughs> yeah, I think I am too, but I'm definitely weary because... Um, I don't think it'll be quite up to the, ri- the first movie. 
but I find at least on some level what the what those guys do really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um I guess like where I'm concerned and I've talked about this before, but I think with comedy sequels, the worst thing you can do in a sequel uh comedy is to do a callback to the first one. Like that's that's always the jokes that fall flat is when you do a callback to the first one. And like it immediately was a gut punch when I saw like Jim Gaffigan in a car <laughs> and like they're like fucking with him and then he's like haven't you pulled me over before and i'm like oh no is that gonna be this entire movie is like hey remember that joke you really liked here's a button on that you know? <laughs> like and that's that's always the stuff i like the least in comedy sequels like i like it when they go in their own direction like uh bill and ted's bogus journey <laughs> that's that is a perfect example of a comedy sequel that works in fact i would say it's better than the first one um i have I, I don't know if i'd go that far some people do some people don't but it is certainly more original than the first one right like the first one is like i can't even say that like i it went in a different direction and i i enjoy both of them equally I enjoy both of them. I, I like the second one better. I'll tell you why. Like the first one is a time traveling movie, essentially. Like they go right. back and they're time traveling. Um, that's a plot that's been done a lot of different ways. It was just done in a really dumb, fun way. But the second one is like, okay, not only is there time traveling, but you're like facing the Grim Reaper. Let's just follow the Grim Reaper's arc for like why, why this is a more original movie. Like, like they get killed bill and ted get killed by future robots of themselves and then wind up facing the grim reaper in the match of their choosing and i think they choose was it battleship well they ended up doing like because they wind up going best of seven because you can't take losing so i know they play battleship they play twister they play electronic football and i think they play clue yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I think Battleship was the first one. But, I think you're right. Uh, and so, like, so they beat him. So he's forced to go in tow with them. And so they've now gotten the Grim Reaper's help. And then they go into heaven to recruit, like, this alien scientist to help them fight the robots. <laughs> and they finally, like, beat the robots at a battle of the band, but realize they still suck at music. And so they, like disappear for a year and come back with like super long beards and babies and like now they're like this great band that everybody's you know that's gonna change the world like that is a wildly original story (laughs) (laughs) we're not even mentioning the fact that like they got exercise like they they were ghosts for a while and got exercised by each of their (laughs) stepmoms you know what i mean (laughs) like all this weird stuff like I like what I liked about Bill and Ted's bogus journey, like whichever you liked better, like it never looks back at the first one. Like it continues the story, but it just goes off in its own direction. And there's not like, remember that in the first one, here's the joke on that one. There's never like a repeat joke. They're like the closest they get is Misty. Who's like banging. Is it uh bill's dad? I think it's Bill's dad. Yeah. Now she like divorced him and is banging Ted's dad. <laughs> but the joke isn't that like 
they both think she's hot, which was the joke in the first one. The joke in this one is that like, like it's really hard for Bill because he keeps getting mixed up and calling her mom, but she's not his mom anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like even that, they don't like continue a joke. They just like, like all these little characters had their own journeys and they go to a different place. That's what I really dug about that movie. But they also like, don't they jump into their dad's bodies and try and get help from the police or something? <laughs> I think... Ted jumps into his dad's body and like, cause his dad works at the sheriff station. Right. And then like Ted jumps into the deputy or something. He's like, yeah, we should totally help you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got off on Bill and Ted, but, <laughs> Sorry. but I still, that's, that's like one of the best scenes in a comedy ever is when they're like playing the grim reaper and all those games. <laughs> like so great. Anyway, uh, I hope Super Troopers 2 is good. Like, Broken Lizard has been pretty hit and miss with their movies. Yeah. But uh, I'll probably see it. Like, you know, I'll probably see it. I'll give it it a watch. Yeah, I'll give it a try. Uh, James Gunn was on Facebook Live answering questions from fans. He uh, confirmed that he's going to have Nova in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Does that mean anything to you? Nova? It's not. It's not the lady from Planet of the Apes. It's uh, Nova. It's uh, this dude with like kind of a star on his head, and he flies around like he's basically like the hero of the Nova Corps. Like he's the one with the most power. Anyway, so uh, he's saying that Nova will definitely be in in Part Three, and it's going to be the last lineup of those characters. So like after like he's he's hinted before that the lineup for guardians of the galaxy will change. This is the last run with, with all of those characters. So I don't know if some characters die or if they just move off to their own thing or what, but, uh, it's definitely going to change. Um, he also said that it's going to expand the cosmic universe for Marvel and it's going to set up Marvel movies for the next 10 to 20 years. So it's sounding from what I'm reading about this. Um, like and I'm not sure where it's at in the placement, but maybe that's the first movie of Phase Four when they do that. Could be because I think they're in Phase Three right now. Yeah, right? they just started. Thor Ragnarok is, I think, is the first one of Phase Three. No, no, I think it was Civil War was the first one because Ant Man was the last one of Phase Two, which I remember thinking that's weird. I thought it would be Avengers Two, but it was Ant Man, and so they started it with uh um. Yeah, Captain America Civil War, which I think makes sense because, like, you pull the Avengers apart for that one to start out with, and then you, like, add Doctor Strange, right? And then you continue on with, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. You get them closer to to where you're going. Um, Then what am I missing here? Did we have something since Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, Spider-Man. Yeah, like you're playing in Spider-Man. Now you're going to like Avengers: Infinity War, and then I think, I think that the next Infinity War is like the end of, like not the one that's coming, but the one after yeah. is the end of Phase Three. I could be wrong on that, but I think, I think that's gonna be the end of Phase Three. It's weird, dude. Marvel. I've heard that they have all of their stuff plotted out at least like 15 years in advance, like every year. Which is like fucking crazy world building. That but. is 
That doesn't even sound right. <laughs> it doesn't, does it? I mean, because, you know, just, and we've, we've said this all along. We've been, like, wondering when, like, the other shoe's going to drop, like, when a bad Marvel movie's going to come out. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I, we've yet to see it and good on Marvel for that. And I just, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see if the, if they have a bad movie in their run, like what that changes. Well, and their stuff definitely changes, but I think that they have like an outline of what's going to happen. You know, but they've changed movie dates around. They've changed, like the Inhumans at one point was supposed to be, you know, like a one of their their big movies, like with Disney, and instead it's like going to be the IMAX thing now. Yeah, they're doing an IMAX premiere, and then it's going to be on ABC, I believe. Yeah, like I think, I think like two weeks later or something, it'll hit ABC right. as a show. So it gets like a good two week run, but only an IMAX theater. So I'm thinking it's not going to come to Helena unless they decide to do XD, but it sounds like it's an IMAX exclusive. So, um, so we won't be able to see it on the big screen, but I don't know. Like ABC hasn't totally impressed me with their Marvel stuff yet. So like they've had some all right stuff, but I don't know if I need to see it on the big screen, even with Ramsey Bolton, <laughs> Ramsey Bolton and his giant dog. Yeah, <laughs> Ramsey Bolton's dog. Um, but yeah, so they've like they've definitely like moved around stuff in their timelines, and I think that they're fine doing that. But I think they like to know what they're working towards, which makes sense because if you think about like Infinity Stones, was it Captain America where we had like the first Infinity Stone with the Tesseract? Tesseract cube? Yep. Was that the first one? So yep. that's like what their fourth movie i think it was their fourth they had like iron man hulk uh captain america wait what was before captain america thor was thor before captain america i think it was yeah yeah oh and maybe iron man 2 iron man 2 is probably before that too so they had like five movies so five movies in they were working towards um thanos basically and was Captain I think Captain America might have been the last one before the Avengers, right? That sorta of sounds right. So it's like phase one, they're basically working towards the Avengers, right? And then at the end of phase one, they're like working towards the Thanos thing, which goes all the way through phase two into phase three. <laughs> and it'll keep going plan. into phase four. Maybe with the Infinity War. Well, I think I think both Infinity Wars, I think the second one, whatever Avengers 4 is now, because they said it's not going to be called Infinity War. So whatever Avengers 4 winds up becoming, I'm pretty sure that's the last movie of Phase 3. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> I'm just, I, I love what they've done so far. So I, I can't say that I have hated a single Marvel movie yet. So... Incredible Hulk is a little dicey when I watch it now. Uh, I watched it a little while ago. It's definitely the least of all the Marvel movies, I think. I would probably put it at the top of that, but um, I still enjoy it. So I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I watched it within the last three weeks. Yeah. But it's definitely... I, I feel like it's the least of all of them. Maybe not Thor 2. I got to rewatch Thor 2 and see how that plays. I've never actually rewatched Thor 2. 
<laughs> so. I have it. It's it's on the lesser end. Yeah. No, it's clearly on the lesser. Nobody liked Thor two. <laughs> it seemed like. Um, I'm totally looking forward to Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Well, they've all had different directors too, which is kind of weird. Like they've definitely bounced around with people running those. But um, okay, so we should talk about um, the Deuce, which is this the new Deuce. The Deuce. So this is a show that's the double on, Deuce. No, just <laughs> one Deuce. <laughs> it's one number two. Um, so this is a show that they they made for HBO. And uh, it's going to premiere next week, but if you have On Demand or, you know, if you have HBO online or whatever, you can watch it now. So I made sure to check it out, like, moments before we started recording the podcast, I finished watching it. Um, So this takes place in dirty, dirty Times Square in New York in 1971. Oh, I did see a promo for that. Yeah. Yeah, like, dirty, dirty in every sense of the word, like Times Square. Um, the first thing I want to say about it is like, it is incredible because I've never actually seen Times Square, but it really looks like a place that people live in the way that they do it. And it's clearly not the way that Times Square looks now. No, it was Times Square used to be a shithole. Yeah. Yeah. From all accounts. And like, they used to show it in movies a lot. And they, like, I, the perfect example is like a taxi driver, like Martin Scorsese's taxi driver, because that movie, like a lot of it is in Times Square and it's like around that area. And it's just when like New York was really dirty and dingy and like unsafe, you know? And so Robert De Niro's like psychotic character makes sense in that setting because mm-hmm. like to him, to just himself, he's like a hero. Right. And like all these people are awful. That's around him. Um, and so it takes place in that atmosphere and the way they filmed it, it just, it works, dude. It looks like it really feels like it would be that era to me having never lived there or been there. Like it feels pretty real, which I liked right away. A lot of like marquees that sat out with the lights, like showing, you know, various movies or strip shows or whatever. And so it takes place in 1971, right when um apparently pornography was starting to take off and like it was legalized in the united states um or like legalized grade or something because i think andy warhol did like a movie called the blue room in 69 but there was some kind of supreme court decision i believe that uh sort of opened the floodgates and so this is like right as there's a lot of street walkers and pimps and uh the mob is sort of getting a hand in this some stuff and i know it's working towards there but it's not there in the pilot and um they're basically working towards like doing sex films um it's so it's it's an interesting topic it's definitely not one to watch with your kids no (laughs) no 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 but um it is like an unflinching look at what life was like for that subset of people and it's pretty interesting like james franco he plays twin brothers in this. Um, one of the brothers you hardly see at all, but the other brother is basically he's winding up taking on all of his brother's debt because he looks like him and he's his brother. So, um, like the mob is basically like they kick the shit out of him at first. Cause they think it's his brother. 
and then he shows a wallet to him and shows his driver's license and uh you know with the old typed up ones <laughs> and they just bought it and I, I remember looking at that and being like wow that would never fly even if you had like a great looking license today i don't know if people would buy you buy it half the time but that's the day i guess uh, and uh um so he's playing these like twin brothers and he winds up kind of getting in with the mob because they have him like run a, a front for the mob because they know they can trust him. And so he kicks some money up to them like every week with insurance and everything from what, what his brother owes and he's allowed to like make money. Then you have like Maggie Gyllenhaal plays a character who's a, she's a prostitute who's refusing to, to work for any pimps. And so you sort of see what her day to day is like so far. I'm not sure what role she's going to have further, but she's definitely like a very strong willed character. And then they show like a couple of pimps and one of them kind of does it more through charm. And the other one does it way more through intimidation. And, uh, and then like a lot of the, the prostitutes that are, under them and it's just like it's it's definitely like a dirty grimy feeling show like you'll probably feel like you need a shower when you finish it but it's really well done like i enjoyed it um yeah so i, I like the music like the theme song is a curtis mayfield song so right away i'm nice in. yeah yeah i fucking love curtis mayfield so um yeah i really dug it I guess this show is going to be like eight episodes. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing where it's going to go, but it's really cool that like James Franco and Maggie Gyllenhaal are in this, you know, like kind of getting some big, a big actor and actress to spearhead the show. So I'm really interested in where it's going to go, but you had some stuff about some big actors. So right? Forbes re- just released, um, and this was a couple weeks ago, but, uh, they released their, uh, top, uh, Earning actors of 2016, and they had a uh, the top five, and then a couple honorable mentions. So this is like actors, not actresses. Correct. Okay. Yeah, they released a separate one. I'll talk about that on the at a later date. Okay. Okay. So, any thoughts on actors that are probably on this list? Well, I'm trying to think back to 2016 and think about what the big movies are. And I'm I I'm having a bit of a hard time. Like I, I'm remembering Force Awakens definitely like went into 2016, but I can't think of anybody who would be on that list based off of that unless I don't know, maybe Harrison Ford cuz I know nope. he got a really big payday. Not on the list. Okay, so um, it's definitely not Star Wars. I'm trying to think of what the Marvel movies that were released around then. And uh, there's one had... Marvel actor that's an honorable mention. Hmm. Let's see, Robert Downey Jr. was in Civil War, but I don't think he did anything else that year. So I don't know if he's gonna make that list. Chris Evans is in a couple of things, but I feel like. Civil War was the only big thing that he did. Um, so we had Ant Man. I can't think of anybody who'd be in it from Ant Man. See, oh, I'm gonna say Ben Affleck. Is he on that list? Not on the list. Not on the list. Okay. Not even an honorable mention. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Let's just hear him, dude. All I, right. I don't know. So the and it's a new number one on the list. 
Okay. It's fucking Mark Wahlberg. Oh, Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> Is that for that Transformers movie? The Transformers movie. Ugh. Yeah. He uh, earned $68 million from Transformers last night, and he also earned from Daddy's Daddy's Home 2. Oh. Wait, Daddy's Home 2? See, it filmed in 2016. I don't know when it's coming oh, out. Oh, so that's not... It's so it, it'd almost be like movies that are coming out in 2017. They're getting yeah. paid for in 2016. And the number two on the list, most of I'm his... I'm going to say Chris Pratt's probably on that list then. Not on the list. Okay. Uh, number two on that is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That makes sense. Like... He's had like Fast, fast 8 plus... He like, did the Fast plus the Baywatch movie... And um, he actually earned some from the Jumanji reboot and Ballers. Moana. I don't know if that's on the list there or not. Probably included in that list. Yeah, Yeah, you probably got a pretty good stipend for that one. So the number three on the list is another Fast 8 actor. Oh, is it Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel. Yeah, that makes sense. Getting that, that I Am Groot money in addition to the Fast stuff. Number four really surprised me. Okay. Adam Sandler. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if they're counting it all for just acting because he his production it's, company made so many Netflix. all the money he made from the Netflix shit he yeah, signed so for. I'm betting a lot of that is like in production fees as, as well because he, he has that happy madison production company that made all of those awful netflix movies that he did so yeah yeah that makes sense to me yeah he brought in 50.5 million i guess pixels was pretty big too was that 2016 i think so yeah Ugh, God, i, I know <laughs> it's <is> terrible crap <laughs> and the last one on the top five was jackie chan really what did he even do in it actually didn't even say what he did. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any. I know he did stuff. I just can't think of anything. I can't. I wonder if a lot of it's like international. Maybe. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So a couple of honorable mentions. Um, Chris Hemsworth was the one that from Marvel. That, yeah, yeah, he did the vacation movie. He had Ghostbusters in addition to Thor. Yeah. Uh playing Thor at least once with like the the Wait, which what's the last Thor movie? When's the last time he played Thor? It might have been the Avengers. Avengers. Yeah, Avengers 2, I think. Oh, Avengers 2. Okay. I think was the last time we saw him doing anything with Thor. Okay. So he's been doing some stuff. Um, the other honorable mentions were Ryan Reynolds. That makes sense. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll walk that back. Jeremy Renner actually made it on the list too. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to remember because oh, everybody does superhero stuff yeah. now. <laughs> and the other one was Mark Ruffalo. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I'm, I'm totally walking back. The Crim Sims were the only one. So, I mean, Mark Ruffalo, I don't know if he would have had any Marvel movies on that list, but uh, he definitely did a lot of shit, like a lot of stuff. I know he did He did that movie, that one best picture. He did Foxcatcher. He did all kinds of shit. Like, he's, he's like Samuel L. Jackson. He's always working, you know? 
Yeah. Jeremy Renner, too. I was actually kind of surprised Sam Jackson wasn't on that list, but... He's on it quite frequently. Yeah. That is for sure. I think he's the all-time, like, moneymaker in Hollywood as far as actor goes. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, he, he only takes two weeks off a year every year, which I guess for, like, in-demand actors like Samuel Jackson is, like crazy that he works that much because usually they do like one or two movies a year but he's just like he loves acting and actually he's pissed that like he's the only nick fury thing that they have planned for him right now is in uh captain marvel so he's kind of pissed off about it that he's not in the infinity war movie i gotta kind of agree yeah like he should be in that but i don't know Marvel knows what they're doing, so I won't question it. We were wondering why Thor and Hulk weren't in Ragnarok, but or not Ragnarok, but uh, Civil War. But now I think we're getting an idea why, because they're busy doing whatever's going on with Ragnarok. So, yeah, okay, it's interesting. So we got one more thing to talk about: uh, Game of Thrones finale. So go ahead and flip off if you haven't watched it yet. But seriously, dude. How are you living a life like without spoilers at this point? Oh. Matthew Campbell was kind of going off about that. Like if you waited a full day after and you get upset about posts on Game of Thrones, like basically fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah. I know like I missed one episode like the night of during the season because it was just we got home at like 1030 at night and I'm like, I don't have time to digest some Game of Thrones. And I'm like, I guess I'm going to be off Facebook for a day. Yeah. Yeah. You, you make the, like, I always looked at it as like, if I got something spoiled off of a really big show, it's my fault for like forgetting and getting on social media. You know, that's on me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what'd you think of the episode? There was a lot of shit to digest in that episode. Yeah. It's a pretty long one. I mean, it was, basically almost a full-length movie yeah yeah it was fun what that little moment that the that uh the hound had with the mountain i like that definitely teasing a a battle between those the cleagan bull yeah and i feel like it was the first time that like the mountain was like legitimately a threat throughout the episode when he was the, the yeah goal. i mean there was a couple of times where like you didn't know what was going to happen because the mountain was there yeah yeah it looked like he might cleave jamie in half for like a moment there like i i really thought either Tyrion or jamie was definitely gonna die at the hands of the mountain yeah i had a feeling Tyrion was gonna make it through i didn't know if like seriously would lock him up or not but i was like i don't think that's somebody they want to take off the board for the last season like you know what i mean yeah he's just like i don't know like i i've heard some criticisms that there wasn't any like big deaths i I mean obviously we got little finger which we'll talk about in a second but um there wasn't like any of the major characters but i do feel like you're kind of at the point where like is it worth taking characters out for shock value at this point because they've contracted the world so much that like you kind of want a lot of these people going into the last season because they're going to kill people indiscriminately in that last season. It's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. And how many shocking deaths can you get if you take out half of those people this you know, this last season? 
So just looking at it from a show perspective, I don't know how well that works. But uh, so as we were saying, um, your brother pretty much had the inside track on Lord Baelish. Like, I don't remember if it was on the show or not, but he totally broke down about how they were playing that game of faces. And that was me. I was talking oh, was about that? Well, yeah. Cause I was talking about the, cause they were, cause Aria was playing the game of faces with, uh, Sansa in the last episode and, you know, telling her that she's going to tell him a bunch of lies. And then the one, one truth or, you know, you have to guess what's the one truth or. So that must've been when we we're talking when Jeremiah, we were talking about that. Thing. Yeah, it was. Okay. All right, I got mixed up because I think it was like two weeks ago that they did the that particular game, <laughs> and then like it was just uncomfortable last episode, but uh, the one before the finale. I mean, because we skipped a week up talking about it on the podcast, right? yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I I wasn't surprised when he got taken out. Like after you you broke that down, I was like, oh yeah, little fingers going. <laughs> But it it didn't make it any less satisfying when it happened. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think everyone was pretty much glad to see Littlefinger gone because, like, he's such a weasel on screen. You just like, I. How is anybody believing a fucking word this man is saying anymore? Yeah, because he's basically played every card he had. Yep, and they're all gone now. <laughs> so. It was fun to watch the military turn against him, too. Uh, like, basically, the people who were under his command turned on him, too, which was yeah. really fun to watch. Uh, I guess the actor said he won't reveal what he whispered to to uh, Sansa before he died. Uh, that's one of those things that's almost, like, calculated by actors now. Like, they just whisper something, and then they won't say what it is. <laughs> like... That's been a thing I've noticed in a couple of movies <laughs> the last couple of years. I feel like the first time I saw it was like with Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray and uh, Loss in Translation. Yeah, Loss in Translation. <laughs> yep. Like there's something whispered there. And I think like actors and actresses sort of picked up on that. And that's just like a running thing that they do now. So that people always want to know it keeps so that they can make a big interview thing late, later, you know. <laughs> it's my theory, but it's good seeing Lord Baelish out. It was fun watching Araya like slash out his throat and just do it fucking brutally in front of everybody. Not from the shadows, just in front of everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, I like the moment with Brianna Tarth and uh uh Jamie when they're walking and, and she's like you know, she's talking about this is beyond honor. Like this is more important than honor. I really like that moment. Uh, it was interesting watching seriously, like try and like play Tyrion, you know, like, uh, talking about the baby and stuff. But there's this little moment where I was like, maybe she is just concerned about her baby. Cause I know she's evil, but it's also like, she's got to care about her kid, you know? And then you realize like pretty quickly, like, now nah, she's just horrible. <laughs> <laughs> she's probably day drunk while she's got the kid, you know? <laughs> I thought it was really interesting when like Tyrion walks over, pour like downs a glass of wine, and then like pours her one, and then proceeds to drink another glass. Yeah, and I didn't think about it till just this moment that like that's such a tip off that she thinks she's pregnant though. 
That really is if she's not drinking the wine wine because seriously likes to get day drunk, dude. <laughs> yeah, she likes the drink. <laughs> she basically starts at like six in the morning and goes on until six in the morning. <laughs> Which could explain a lot of her rain. <laughs> uh Danny and Jon Snow fucked, which like basically like my accidental thing last summer where I was like shooting off the mouth when we're talking about where Game of Thrones is going to go. And I was like, I think Jon Snow and Daenerys are going to fuck like and it was pointed out to me that they were like, you know, related, which I had forgotten when I said that. And I was just like trying to cover up like that. So what? They're going to fuck anyway. Like, I really did not expect that to happen until the season started to play out. And then I was like, oh, wow, they might fuck. And then they <laughs> fucked. I wound up being With- accidentally right. <laughs> yeah, there was all sorts of fucked up about that. When like they're fucking and they, they got like uh brand Stark was like, monologuing over the top of it about them being related. Can I just talk about how much I hate Bran for a second? Like, there's lots of reasons to hate Bran, but let's just focus on the most recent one. Not only is he, like, monologuing over what could have been a hot scene, (laughs) but he's also, like, like... He can see the future at any given time, No, they haven't revealed if he can see the future or not. Okay. He can he is they said yes. on the show he can see the past and he can see the present. But they haven't said whether he can see the future okay. or not. This doesn't even matter because we had already established the only reason we know that she's his aunt was because like he had a vision of it in the last season. And like he doesn't say shit. He doesn't say shit, dude, until it's too late. And he can see the present, so he can see him fucking while he's saying, like, fuck you, Brent. (laughs) Brent sucks, dude. (sighs) He sucked at the beginning. He's continuing to suck. In retrospect, Jamie, like, comes off as a lot better for shoving him out of a window. (laughs) He is trying to do us all a favor. (laughs) Yeah, but he didn't succeed. No, he didn't. No half measures. We learned that from Mike Evan Trout. Uh, we got to see the ice dragon blow down the wall, which is pretty cool. So did you, have you read that people like when the, they blow down the wall and then the, the white start walking through the wall, they actually form the Stark sigil as no, they're I, walking through the wall. No, I didn't notice that. Damn so it. that's something that I don't know if it was intentional or not, but. Like, if you look at the graphic, you're like, oh, that totally looks like the Stark suit. I mean, the Night King is a Stark. We know this. Yeah. So, like, he was, he was, uh, he's a descendant of the Stark. So, yeah, because he was turned by the children of the forest. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I was reading an article, I think it was on Ranker today, and it was talking about, uh, between the book, with the uh, Song of Fire, Ice and Fire, and then the show. Because in the book, it's the Knights King with a apostrophe, like King belongs to the Knight. And in the show, it's the Knight King. Yeah. And so, and George R. R. Martin has said they are actually definitely two different characters. And the Night King in the show is an amalgam of a couple of different characters. Okay. 
So, and I know in the book, the the Night's King was the 13th commander of the Night's Watch. So, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to these last six. I guess they're saying, like, all six of them are going to be over an hour for sure. Like, some of them are going to be pushing two hours. And then, once again, that finale, they're shooting for a three-hour finale. So, that's going to be epic as fuck, dude. I, it's going to be a long show. I don't give a shit, dude. Like, Game of Thrones deserves a super epic send-off. It like, does. Like, everything about that show is epic. And I, I've been hearing bitching and moaning for how long it's going to be till the next season comes out. And I'm like, let me just say it right now. Like, shut the fuck up. You guys were bitching last time, too. Like, shut up. It's the last season. Give them time to do it right. Yeah. You know, like, there was some stuff that was a little uneven in this season, but part of it is probably because it was a partial season. Give them the extra time to figure out what the fuck they're doing and get all of their stuff in a row and make sure the writing's all tight and, like, you know, make sure the special effects look real good and make sure the weather's right wherever they're filming, like, this shit's going to take time. Let it take some time. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I and it was funny because I was watching and it was a thought I've had when the last episode and then the, the season finale. <coughs> and I was watching. I'm like, you know, some of the stuff I'm watching, what a great fucking time we live in and we can watch this shit. Yeah. And I mean... Even, I mean, some of the stuff they're doing is is more impressive than what Peter Jackson did with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he and not and is. not to downgrade, like downplay what Peter Jackson did because he no, did but some, that was like what 15, 16 years ago. Yeah, like this is this is incredible. Like they took a step forward in special effects, but they're doing it <laughs> on a TV screen. Like they're not doing it for the movies. Like yeah, it's incredible. Like they could have taken that last episode and made it a feature length film and it would have done well. I mean, it, it's, it's impressive. I mean, just cause after we watched the show, cause we, had, we were watching it on HBO on the PlayStation view and they had the behind the scenes stuff afterwards and they were showing some of the green screen stuff they're doing. And I'm just, blown away at how well the special effects are done in that show yeah yeah they're done pretty well i just it, it's an incredible show on every level for me um i do gotta say stepping back and looking at it the writing isn't quite as good this year no, as it's been i i would say that i mean the important thing to me is that it's still entertaining and I think people lose sight of that when they're criticizing plot you, holes and things. You know, they're criticizing some what I would call minor plot points. Yeah. I mean, the stuff like when J or, uh, Jamie gets blasted into the water and he's like fucking the bottom of the marinara's trance and shows up like a mile and a half away. Yeah. I mean, like I, mean, I, and I made fun of that, but yeah. it's just like making fun. Like to me, that stuff is like, I take the warts and all of the thing, as long as it entertains me. And, uh, but, but the overall story arcs that are going through are solid. Yeah. 
I agree. And I, I, the biggest criticism I heard was like over time, like it was pointed out yeah, the that time... that second to last episode this season, um, you know, like they, they go out beyond the wall and then the dude runs and gets to that city and then sends a raven and then dragon comes and it seems to be all within a few hours. Like, yeah, the time doesn't work. I, I recognize that. I'm not defending that. But at the same time, like I was entertained and I would say if you're really that concerned with that, how time works, don't watch any more action movies from like the 80s or 90s ever again. Like ever yeah. again. Because how many times do you see a timer on a bomb? And then like if you actually sit there and time it with, you know, your your phone or whatever, like it never matches up. It never, ever matches up for the time or rarely matches up. And to expect it to do that is just kind of like why are you watching this if you're that concerned with the time like it's a fantasy show it's like the same people who are like ripping on one of the first episodes when they had the chains over the books and they're trying to say that wasn't historically accurate it's like oh that wasn't historically accurate for like this fictional world <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. it's, it's fucking it's just so dumb like so many people just pick these dumb things and nitpick sometimes and uh, I, I, I have no problems pointing out inconsistencies and things that don't work. But to me, the ultimate yardstick is like, can I sit down and watch it and enjoy it? And truth being told, like, I've enjoyed every episode this season. Yeah. You know, and so uh, to me, like, the criticism is fine. But if you're, like, using that to be like, this is why I don't like Game of Thrones anymore. I don't know. Like, you're not the type of person I probably want to watch a movie with. Yeah, you know, cause like and maybe part of it is that I sometimes enjoy watching real bad movies, but <laughs> you know, like if it entertains me, that's that's all I ultimately need. Yeah, um, and that the the penultimate episode, I mean, cause I mean there was some real problems with time in that episode, but in the end. I'm glad that those flaws are there because the end product for what you see, because without the dragons and everything that, that episode falls flat. And I heard this stuff about, um, like the whole season revolved around trying to, to make peace with Cersei to, you know, fight the white walkers and how it was sort of a broken plot. Cause there's no way she's going to go for it. Yeah, sure, but that, to me, like, even if you don't agree with that, like, I would say somebody like Jon Snow is going to try and do that 10 out of 10 times because he's so fucking driven with, like, fighting the White Walkers, you know? And beyond that, I would just say that, like, it set up so many, like, good moments, you know, that we started out talking about the Mountain and the Hound and, like, Tyrion meeting with Daenerys and Cersei meeting with... Daenerys was amazing and like all of that stuff like you don't get those moments if you don't work towards there so to me like the ends justify the means you know yeah like that entire the the pit conference scene was fucking great there was so much great stuff going on like where uh the hound brings up the white walker in the crate and he's like carrying it just on his back. And yeah. like the slow reveal, like he's like tearing apart this 
crate when he like knocks over the crate and nothing came out <sighs> did you think like it had died for a second for a second i was like fuck they're gonna look and it's just like dissolved for some like the night king clued in or something and killed it like i just like for just a second i yeah. thought like it, it's done shit <laughs> and then it comes bolting out yeah i mean it was pretty great yeah <laughs> and just the interaction like it's funny because like there's been all of these different subplots going on and they all sort of came together like and i thought they did a really good job of like acknowledging a lot of those like not resolving but acknowledging those and letting you know hey we know about this stuff you're gonna see it resolved like that's what it felt like to me was like hey you know this stuff we're just reminding you this is all stuff we're gonna like revisit next season like i kind of like that it was almost like a without doing a previously on you know what i mean yeah so i enjoyed that but it's probably time we go we're running a little long in the tooth so take it easy on your laptop put them on your phone put them in your ears not safe for network with the not safe for network the entertainment's ringing through your brain collect them all or trade them with your friends not safe for network real roulette maybe you're a film student i'm picturing you with a beret we had a good life wellstrop it's a bit of the gift and the curse that's debatable it'd be nice if they showed a little accountability the alien movie project it's just another clear-cut case of american exceptionalism montucky skies i'm spoiling the shit out of this in three Bigs on film. We're watching this on Netflix because I'm three beers in and lost the Blu-ray. Listen to all the archives in a row and they form a mega podcast so long that your significant other will be drawing up divorce papers. Not safe for network.